Presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right, welcome to Spooky South Coast. What's left of it? We're here. I bet you thought we got raptured. Actually, we have you seen Moniz? I saw him a minute ago. Oh, oh, earlier today. Actually, for those of you watching on Spooky TV, he is right here. Just that would figure though. If anybody was going to get raptured, that it would be him. The one, the one who just has center written all over him, and he likes it that way. And proud of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, we are here. We did not get raptured. I don't know anybody that did. I put a call out on Facebook, and you know, if you if you're still around, let me know. And uh, about ten or twelve oh, of my friends. Are you are you gonna hear from anybody who did? Well, I don't know. See, that's what I was trying to find out. I was trying to find out if they, you know, does your cell phone work up there? We always have the cell phone to the dead. That's true. We could fire that thing up and see if, uh, I don't know, though, if if you're raptured, you're no longer dead, though. You're more raptured. I'm dead? You're more enraptured. So, uh, hey, but we're here. Now we're going to make the most out of it. Uh, uh, About 20 minutes here until the top of the midnight hour and then maybe we can push it a little bit beyond that but we are going to talk about the rapture the failed prediction of harold camping what a surprise there i don't know how many of you were actually uh, running around and getting i don't know bottled water and all kinds of provisions preparing for the upcoming apocalypse but it looks like it's not going to happen at least if at least anytime soon uh, or you know for all we know nobody got raptured and it's coming anyway. For all we know, it started. But uh, Harold Camping's predictions of uh, worldwide earthquakes beginning at 6 p.m. local time. You know, it's the whole 3 a.m. thing, how we always say, you know, 3 a.m. is the demonic hour. Well, 3 a.m., what time zone? Well, whatever time zone you're in. That's convenient. Just like it was convenient that, you know, 6 p.m., whatever time zone you're in, that would be when uh, the earthquakes would start, thus signifying the beginning of the end. And... I can tell you, uh, I, I didn't really put a lot of stock in, in Harold Camping and his whole uh, prediction when I found out that he already made this prediction back in 1992 when he said the world was going to end in 1994, and then when it didn't happen, he's like, well, I made, I made a mathematical error, so now we'll see what happens, because how are you going to account for this? And I know I know our friend Jeff Belanger at 30-odd minutes is, is trying to get Mr. Camping to come up and be accountable uh, on this week's show, so you want to tune into 30-odd minutes this Tuesday night. And we'll find out for sure if uh, if Harold Camping is in hiding or maybe he's camping. Maybe his parishioners should uh, pitch in and get him a new calculator. Well, see, that's that's the uh, that's the issue here. Is it's not just like he took his own personal wealth and bought the what's rumored to be between twelve hundred and five thousand billboards that were plastered across the United States. Uh, he has a fortune estimated. His business. Family Radio and the church and everything that, that incorporates is estimated at 117 million dollars net worth. Now that's up from uh, I believe I, I have the exact figures because I couldn't believe it myself. In 2002, it was uh, let's see, valued at 22 million. 
So in, in the six years since then, it's gone up to 117 million. And I'm going to guess that a lot of that had to do with this prediction that he made. And the you know we've been hearing about this now for over a year. Uh, so uh, it was uh, September or October of 2010 that it really started to gain a lot of mainstream attention. Uh, so in that amount of time, you know, he's been able to amass this kind of money. So basically, it was all these, all this fear mongering that put more of that money into his pocket. Now, what I've been keeping track of, and I'm sure Chris Balzano, our show's content director, has been doing as well, as well as Lauren Coleman, who runs the Twilight Language blog. I'm sure there's been a number of reports out there of potential suicides involved with this. I've been scanning around looking for them. I haven't seen anything yet. The only thing that I saw was a suicide attempt in New York City that was thwarted by uh, authorities. But they said that the person who was going to jump said it had nothing to do with the end of the world prediction. We're going to see more and more of that stuff come up, I think, over the next few days. We'll find out uh, exactly if this fear-mongering actually had any kind of negative effect. Or, you know, it, it did have a positive effect. I mean, for one day, everybody was talking about it, and it was something that kind of brought everybody together. Uh, so I guess, you know, it drew attention to Harold Camping. It drew attention to Family Radio, his his business. It drew attention to his church. It drew attention to the idea of maybe being a little bit more aware of the fact that if end times are coming, we've got a lot of making up for it to do because maybe, just maybe, we have that chance of becoming one of the chosen. But we're not, so we're here with you, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Now, we started the show a little bit late. We were having fun in the chat room uh, with some of our friends on Spooky TV, and we had all this stuff planned. We were going to have Jeff Belanger come on the show. Uh, he's actually been pretty busy this past week, and uh, he, he's a little wiped out, so uh, we're going to let him save it for his show on Tuesday because I know he has a lot to say about this. And uh, we I, I've been going over this <clears throat> myself for a while now because I, I have some friends and relatives were a little concerned about the possibility of the end of the world. So I kind of went back through some of these previous apocalyptic predictions. And uh, these, go, <laughs> these go back very far. Uh, we're going back all the way to 156 CE, uh, 6,000 years uh, after the create, you know, second to fifth century CE. Uh, you know, so th- this has been around for a long time. Now, it's all right if you're Harold Camping and you say you got the dates wrong a little bit. You know, you said 1994, you really meant 2011. There's a big difference between, you know, thousands of years ago and now. You know, that that's kind of a, a, a big gap. I, I can't spot you that one. You know, what do they say? Close uh, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades? Yeah, it doesn't really count in uh, doomsday predictions as well. But some of the more recent ones, and I'm sure that, Moniz, you've heard of some of these, in uh, 1844 was the Great Disappointment yep. uh, with the Millerites, William Miller, uh, who predicted the end of the world. And he actually had a lot of followers in this area, uh, in the especially in the onset camp, you know, in, yep. the, in the spirit, uh, just about the beginning of the spiritualist era. And they actually became the seven-day Adventists. So uh, <laughs> a little fear-mongering gave birth to another religion there. And it, it's just it's been, been the way o- over the centuries. Uh, right in 1997, we had Heaven's Gate, which was uh, something people were talking about quite a bit this week. We had a uh, Marv Applewhite and uh, the Hale Bop Comet and the Purple Nikes and the Poison Kool Aid and all that kind of stuff. And I, I used to have, I wish I still had it, I used to have a little pin of that picture of Marv Applewhite's crazy face from the video that he put out in the media, and it had the Nike swoosh and it said, just do it. 
So, yeah, hey, it got a lot of attention though. That's that's for sure. So, uh, and uh, hopefully Chris Balzano can call in because he has an interesting theory about the Antichrist that I want to talk to him about. And uh, so hopefully well, he can join Jim us. Jones. Well, co- I mean, but go ahead. I mean, that's that's just another perfect example. Well, I mean, Jim Jones. Uh, if for those that do not remember, the pastor condemned to repeat it, as they say. He was a guy that was in uh, Guyana that where they had close to 400 people, I believe, uh, killed themselves. Uh, he was a, a self-proclaimed prophet type of person. Aren't and they all? <laughs> true, true. And uh, what, what bothers me the most about this is it's not like it's a matter of um, – it's not like you can come out and say, you know, hey, I'm sorry afterward you know no, no matter what harold camping can come out and say i mean the eggs all over his face and it's some serious egg he has a lot to make up for uh in terms of the people that donated the people who believed in his preachings the people who supported family radio uh, it's not so much just a matter of you know promising the end of the world coming and then not delivering because actually but he's I, done it more than once I mean, this is repeated. This is not an egg. This is an omelet. But the difference being, I I guess, uh, in the last time, you know, he was kind of just getting the word out there. It wasn't to the extent that it was this time. I mean, basically, he milked people for money for this. Now, does that money go in his own pocket? And somebody on my Facebook put up a perfectly good point earlier today. Why did he need that money if the end was coming? Yeah. You know, why didn't he just spend his own money? It's not like he was going to be taking it with him. I don't know what he thought. But, hey, it bears in mind to keep keep in mind, you know, I, I'm not one for Bible study myself. Sorry. It's just the way I was raised. But uh, I have a quote here. Matthew 24, 36 says, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And I don't think Harold Camping qualifies as God, no matter what his uh, followers might think. So why don't we bring on our show's content director, Chris Balzano, who is now on the phone line with us. Chris, you are there, right? You have not been raptured? I have not been raptured or craptured or anything. I am still here, and I, you know, I, uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of it all because I totally thought I had been doing things the right way. So, <laughs> Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this much. You know, we, we checked in with Jeff Belanger. We both talked to him uh, during the course of today. So we know he's still around. I got an email very early this morning from Lauren Coleman, as I'm sure you did as well. So he's, he's still around. Uh, now, uh, and Faye Musselman actually emailed in to say she was okay. Yep, yep. As well as uh, Peter Robbins. And of course, we have the the usual friends in the chat room at Spooky TV. So it seems like for the most part here, you know, the Spooky South Coast family remains intact. I, I guess the only one that I really would worry about getting uh, getting raptured is, is Rick Hayes, and that's just because you know he's kind of in tune and he would he'd know the directions already. I think. Um, I'll leave it on him later on to see, uh, see whether Life's Gift is, is still up and running. Just make sure, because, you know, he's he's a little bit more spiritually attuned than the rest of us are, I think. So well, definitely more than me, so. So, I mean, what, what, what were your rapture plans? I mean, did you skip mowing the lawn? Uh, I've skipped mowing the lawn for about two months now. Yes. So uh, I was, <laughs> I, was in, I, I, mean, I totally invited, my birthday is coming up. I invited my in-laws, hoping that I wouldn't have to pay off on that, and my brother-in-law. Unfortunately, they, they were able to come here and, and spend a good part of the day. So, you know, I've got bagels for tomorrow, so I'm, I'm pretty much planning on making it through the night, no matter what time zone it might, uh, might trigger it. 
Now, I know that you recently put up on SpookySouthCoast.com, you had Ben Radford's um, write-up that uh, we talked about on the show when he was on, but he actually uh, had another write-up on LiveScience.com that was up there today where he picked the top ten supposed Armageddon predictions. And this is something that might be worth throwing up there if uh, we can get permission from Live Science to link to it uh, because uh, he has a lot of, you know, some of the things we talked about, the Millerites, uh, the Mormon Armageddon with Joseph Smith in 1891, Halley's Comet in 1910, Pat Robertson going on the 700 Club in uh, 1980 and predicting the world would end in 1982. So it, it, it seems like somebody always thinks that we're living in end times and somebody's always out there to be a fear monger and to make a little bit of money off some, such a prediction. And let's not forget the, uh, the Armageddon uh, prophecy in The Simpsons, which actually just led to a mall opening. Hey, it's fine if that comes true. But uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, the rapture is supposed to herald the upcoming uh, arrival of the Antichrist, or the rise to power, I should say, of the Antichrist. And, you know, you've teased this a few times with me, and you've never actually told me what your theory, you have a theory about the Antichrist. I do, and it's funny because I came up with it years ago, um, and it wasn't a joke when I said it. I legitimately felt that this person, there was something about them that, seemed Antichrist-like. Um, this was before I heard of the 2012 prophecy. This was before I had done kind of a little bit more in-depth research on it. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's going to sound funny when I say it, um, but it's not. And I should probably start by saying that I am a lifelong Democrat. Um, I come from a long line of Democrats that, you know, part of our thing is to bleed our hearts in the Balzano clan. <laughs> um, so I want to start by saying that it's not necessarily because of political affiliations or anything having to do with that. This is like a genuine kind of thing that I got. And, then, and it's weird that as I, after I said that, weird things started to kind of click into tumble. Um, so it is my belief, and I hold this to this very firm, that Mitt Romney is the Antichrist. <laughs> See, it sounds like a joke when you say it, right? But it totally is. And, and I, originally, um, I originally came up with that because... I was listening to him say something, and I found myself nodding. Um, and he's a man who, regardless of the flip-flops, usually what he says is not in line with what I, with what I think. It's usually almost the, the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And yet there was some kind of seduction there going on where I was, you know, actually physically nodding my head in almost like a, a mindless kind of sense, being like, yeah, that makes, yeah. Yeah, until I kind of went, no, no, that, 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 no, no, dude, you can't do that. That's not true. Um, I can't even remember the particular issue he was talking about. And then I, you know, then it, there was a, a, a biblical quote that, that came to my head, which um, had something to do along the lines of New Jerusalem and, and how, the, and how the, the, the Antichrist was supposed to rise from New Jerusalem. And I was thinking about how, how oftentimes, and I was thinking about, in the news, there's a lot about the, the Mormon church in, in Belmont at that time, which was going through legal troubles and things like that, about, um, about uh, Salt Lake City being the, you know, and, and, and the, the heart of Mormonism being known as the New Jerusalem. And I was like, huh. And then I started to think about the international scale someone would need to get in with the forces that might be running the world, whether we're talking New World Order, whether we're talking some kind of Illuminati type thing. And I started to think, who better than that than someone who has played financially, um, 
in the world stage and, and also has brought, you know, people together uh, internationally in an event like the Olympics. And then the more research I started to do, a little bit here and there, I try not to become obsessed with these kinds of things, try not to become obsessed. Um, there are other things that seem to kind of come out. And, and, of course, whenever you do something like this, there's that theory of making every number and every thing kind of fit what you want to say. But, you know, I mean, how many, how many tumblers does it take to open a door? So that's, well, that's, that's my, at least my initial uh, uh, splurge about it. it. It beats the theory that I had heard that it's Bono, which I could not in my heart of hearts really believe. Well, you know, the, I mean, the Antichrist is going to be someone who can unify and bring in, so it's not going to be, you know, Charles Manson is not the Antichrist because the majority of people would not buy into that, but, mm -hmm. but someone who is seductive enough, such as Mitt Romney or Bono, or a mega, like, Romney-Bono kind of situation would be enough to, to, to get people, because you have to not just be evil. The whole point of the Antichrist is that he's sinister, he's left-handed, the right hand and the left hand aren't being seen at the same time, which means that you would want to follow this person until the very end as you're jumping off the cliff, you would be nodding your head at what they're saying. Well, uh, Much like I do whenever I listen to, you know, Zoo TV, so. <laughs> well, one of the uh, questions that popped up in the chat room <clears throat> was the idea of why people always think that we live in end times. And uh, my opinion on that is that it would have to be related to the idea that people always want to think that they're up against it. Uh, people want to think that they have the chance to make good no matter how much they've done wrong. So if they haven't really lived the life that they should have, if they believe they're in end times and they know that if they change it around right away, there's still time. I think it's kind of that little bit of added pressure on it that always makes people think that. And I think they think it because there's always somebody who's willing to throw out there that the possibility exists that it is end time. So if somebody says it and puts it into your head, then uh, why not start trying to live a more virtuous life? And I, and I think that also has something to do with wanting to be part of something bigger and that wanting to be like, you know, dude, you know, I was at Woodstock and I survived, you know, I, I was, I saw the end times. You know, it's your generation, it's your lifetime that's the important one, that history is a precursor to what you're doing and you're not the history of someone else in the future. Well, I started a little list here and I'd like to get your, you involved with this and we'd like to get the callers involved in as well too. Uh, we've got a few minutes here and then we'll fight it out. Uh, after midnight to see if we're going to stick around. But uh, I was trying to come up with a list of some reasons why I'm sorry the world didn't end today. And then let me just throw out a few of them that I had. I said, uh, I guess I really will have to mow the lawn tomorrow. Uh, we were hoping to see what Bruce Campbell could do against the Antichrist. I know I was. Uh, Justin Bieber announced that he's launching his own perfume line for young girls next month, which means that had the world not ended today, we had, had ended today, we would have been spared the constant scent of Bieber around all the young girls. And <laughs> good thing it's almost midnight. Uh, we get another season of Jersey Shore, so there's that. I would have gladly gone through the trials to avoid that, and I don't even watch it. And uh, finally, I don't want to live in a world with no Macho Man Randy Savage, as you so kindly put yesterday. Nobody wants to live in a world without Macho Man. So I don't think that kind of world, I don't know a world that's like that. And I'm, I'm sorry that we no, have he's to. Been around, he's been around as long as I've been conscious of, of my outside of my environment, Macho Man has been part of that, and uh, and now there's a void. So rest in peace, Randy. But, uh, you know, is there anything that you, uh, off the top of your head, that you're sorry about has to continue on? Um, I, I would probably say um, that uh, I've got, definitely have the lawn thing. I've been avoiding it. It's only like 97 degrees by 8 o'clock here. 
Um, so, and, you know, I, I, I really hadn't hoped to see my 36th birthday. I really thought that 35 would be like a really nice round number to kind of go out on. Well, uh, Matt Costa, what about you? Do you, is there anything that you're sorry that has to continue on? Um, you know that Nickelback is still one of the top selling bands in the world. Are they really? Yes. No, I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So there's still that. I'm just saying, uh, Randy Savage died for us since. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's Mo- why the rapture didn't happen. <laughs> Moniz, what about you? Do you have uh, do you have anything that uh, you're sorry you're gonna have to see continue on besides this episode of the show? The actual Antichrist going up for re-election. Oh, hey, a little political talk here toward the end of the program. <laughs> well, if anybody wants to uh, call in or, or share, uh, you know, maybe maybe we should call it quits for tonight because I think uh, the Democrat. Democratic National Committee is rallying outside <laughs> the parking lot right now. Uh, so I, I would like to say that maybe perhaps on another show I can get into my 87 other bits of information I've pulled out about why uh, why Romney is the Antichrist at some point. <laughs> and I'll pull out my 200 why Obama is. Dude, but, see, you're making it political, dude. It's not political. I could care less whether he's Republican or Democrat. It's, it's beyond that. Dude, don't you realize that? Yes, don't I do. Don't you realize the Antichrist? This is not politics, man. This is end time. <laughs> <laughs> a little Corey Glover. That, ex- that is exactly my point. It is the end times. Well, uh, that sounds like a, that definitely sounds like an interesting show. Remember the Roswell Smackdown? We can have the Antichrist Smackdown, but we'll have to have Chris here in person to do it. So, uh, why don't we call it quits for tonight, though? Because we're just glad to still be here. We're glad that everything's still the same. And hey, for one day, at least the whole world kind of held hands and shared a coke and a smile. So. Could have been worse things to happen on a beautiful sunny Saturday here in the south coast of Massachusetts. If you were raptured and you are listening to this show, then you can send us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Let us know what it's like there and let us know what we can expect. Uh, you know how you always joke around, Matt Cost, and you say, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Yep. Well, I think this is where I want to be when Jesus comes back, right here in the Spooky Studio, doing I, this program with you guys. I think I want to be where your brother-in-law is. When Jesus comes back. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't so far, we could go there right now. Happy birthday to Gerard. Uh, Congratulations to Willie. And what's his wife's name? I'm sorry. Joni. Willie and Joni, congratulations. Congratulations to uh, Timmy and Julie as well. And uh, big, big congrats from the Spooky South Coast family. It was a big day. Besides being the, you know, the heralding of the end of the world, it was weddings, it was birthdays, (laughs) it was uh, all kinds of fun stuff. We had to cram everything in before the end. Yeah, really. And... I mean, now I feel bad because the world didn't end, and I didn't get any of those people a gift. <laughs> you thought you were going to skate right through that. I thought I was going to get away with it, but I guess not. All right, well, we'll be back next week. keychain for all. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of water bottles they can have. Um, <laughs> that'll do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week when we're going to have Whitley Strieber. Uh, you know him as the author of Communion. You've heard him on other radio shows and through his own website, unknowncountry.com. We're going to have him here to talk about his new book as well as talking about some of his abduction experiences. I want to hear Moniz's take on the Whitley Strieber story. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll be here on the regular time. Hopefully the Red Sox will play along. Uh, if you've missed any of the past shows, you can just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, check out the archives or get them from iTunes. There won't be a video archive of this show because I forgot to hit record on the Ustream. But... <laughs> Every other show that we've ever done is available for download. 
on Ustream as well. So you don't want to miss any of that. You can keep in touch with us all week long. Spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And be sure to tune into Spooky TV on SpookySouthCoast.com Tuesday night at 9 p.m. for Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice. Her guest returning this week, probably for a full hour-long show, is Stephanie Penler. So you don't want to miss that. Until next week, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, for Chris Balzano, and for everybody that's still stuck here on Earth, stay spooktacular. First.